0: To Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. We are Christina Gagne, the former school board member,
1: and Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. We are seeing an exodus of highly qualified professionals from our public schools due to the far-right extremist school board member groups like Moms for Liberty propelled forward last election cycle. In California and other states, we have seen far-right boards fire With zero cause, award-winning beloved superintendents from school districts in Orange County and the Temecula Valley, in some instances costing families and taxpayers over $500,000 to pay out what was owed to the superintendent under their contract. We've also seen increased threats to
0: administrators like superintendents. Moms for Liberty and Associated Parents Rights groups spent 2022 threatening these lifelong public education professionals alongside the sane and student-focused school board members they sought to replace with their far-right Christian nationalist agendas in our public schools. It's okay if you have no idea what your school superintendent does. We are here to fill in the blanks today as to why these professionals, their leadership and the absence thereof is critical to the function of a school district. While the school board is the body driving high-level policy decisions, the superintendent is effectively the chief executive officer of the school district, managing its day-to-day operations.
1: When you think of the number of schools, employees, logistics, maintenance, buildings and finance that flow through our public schools every single day, the superintendent is the one managing all of this, supported by a team of assistant and associate superintendents. It's not the board making sure these things get done daily at an administrative level. It's the superintendent. And again, it's not just states like Florida where this is happening. Today, we turn to the Pacific Northwest, to the Crook County School District in Oregon. The reigning Oregon Superintendent of the Year, yes, let's pause, she is the Superintendent
0: of the Year for the entire state, has decided to part ways as a leadership at the helm of the Crook County School District. Why, do you ask, would she want to leave? She, like other administrators in this country who have dedicated their lives to public education, have been forced to work with radical, far-right boards who are not focused on learning and not focused on supporting students.
1: Three new newcomers won their race for the Crook County Board on a joint platform of ensuring parental rights and education, education, rejecting use of critical race theory, and protecting children's innocence. They will make up a majority of the new five-person board. In the words of Superintendent Dr. Sarah Johnson, the three new member board majority, quote, do not share my vision or mission. Joining us on the podcast
0: today is Ashley Thrasher, a Crook County parent and nonprofit director. Ashley, welcome.
2: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, we
0: want to start by setting the scene. Um, You know, we are talking to parents across the country, and we often have the conversation starter, which is, you would never believe what's happening in my community. And we certainly can believe what is happening (laughs) in your community. So Moms for Liberty takes over your school board um, for the Crook County School District. And that's definitely an oversimplification of what clearly happened. Um, But walk us through the sea change that occurred that led to your board being taken over by that majority.
2: Yeah, so our election happened in May of this year. And I think it's important to note that even I, I haven't found a direct correlation to Moms for Liberty and our local Mama Bears. Um, they are closely linked with Oregon Moms Union, which is basically Moms for Liberty. They run on the same platform um, uh-huh. and they have the same talking point. So I think it's important to know that even if you don't have Moms for Liberty in your community, you do have people that align themselves very, very closely with those sort of platforms and views. Um, so our mama bears have been sitting on our school board since July, and since that time, our superintendent, <laughs> our superintendent of the year has resigned. Um, not only has she resigned, but our assistant superintendent resigned. Our department head of special education has resigned, and that is as well. Uh, sorry, as well as the secretary to the school board and superintendent. So you can imagine that it's pretty much a skeleton crew at the district office level right now. Um, and school board meetings have not been very productive. Um There are a lot of school district employees giving presentations about why things are the way they are and why they work. And two of our board members during those meetings ask a lot of questions about individual teachers, Um, so much so that the teachers union had to remind the board that criticism of teacher in public settings is not allowable via their bargaining contract. So, um, wow. it's been crazy for
1: here. Oh, yeah. Wow. So yeah. you're on the ground in Crook County as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um These candidates now elected school board members ran under the banner of parents rights and claim to represent all parents. How do parents in your community actually feel about the change to the school, bo- school board?
2: Yeah, I think. Not good. I think in, in speaking with other parents in our community, we often ask ourselves, like, how did this happen, really? Um, I Crick County is really rural, and we're also very conservative. Um, but 46% of our community members are over the age of 50. Um, and I think the main concerns for parents that actually have kids in the school district is we don't want our beloved teachers to leave. We don't want them to feel scared to teach. And we want our kids to have, you know, an accurate education on history and health. Um, So, you know, I think we're just really concerned that we'll have valued and trusted teachers leave the district because of the school board.
0: So So do you think there is a so you mentioned that, you know, and this is in many communities across the country, um, you know, you have some of your voters clearly are voters without children in the public schools. Um, mm-hmm. Either They don't have children or their children have graduated from the schools at that point in time. And then you have the parents who actually have children in the schools that are interacting with the schools day to day. Are you trying to say that perhaps like those voters who might have voted for these mama bear candidates because they just you know aren't invested in the schools and seeing what's going on? Versus, you know, what are you seeing with actual parents? Are you saying there's kind of a divide in your community and how they approach the school board election?
2: Yeah, I think that um, a couple things happened. One, our mama bears used, you know, they ran on a platform of scare tactics. And I think that for our retired community, um, they, they're not in the schools every day. their kids, like you said, have graduated and so when you get mailers um that are saying that we're sexualizing our children and our schools um it's it scares people and they don't have the time or um, you know the wherewithal to go ahead and go and do the research so I think that um, A lot of those votes went to the mama bear because of those scare tactics that were used. Um, so I think educating your community um, with accurate and fact based information is really, really important early on.
0: And you mentioned that your your new board, um, you know, clearly the superintendent and the new board have a different point of view on the direction of the school district. Um, I mean, clearly someone who has been in that position since, you know, 2017 yeah. is not going to lightly make a decision to leave being the superintendent. You know, right. what are some things that you've seen happen at board meetings or sort of learned about what's happening in the district that you think caused this to happen?
2: Um, I know that one board member in particular who is a mama bear, um, you know, I've done a lot of public records requesting just to kind of understand what was going on prior to this. Um, and I would say that her incessant emails um, were borderline harassing our superintendent um, as early as 2020. And I think that that was, you know, escalated by the COVID restrictions and masking mandates that were put in place during that time. Um, and, you know, I know Dr. Johnson, our superintendent, <laughs> she lives for education. Um, so obviously, yeah, she didn't take this lightly, but I think too, you know, how much can one person take for, they just, they don't have any more that they can give.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. agree. Um, so I want to end this podcast with a statement from the recently ousted school board chair about Dr. Johnson to make a fine point. We will miss the incredible leadership that Dr. Johnson brought to Crook County School District. She successfully led us through the pandemic by being the first to reopen schools, developed better systems to track and monitor student progress. Raised expectations for student success district wide while also increasing graduation rates and built a very strong leadership team. We wish her nothing but the best in her future endeavors and thank her for everything she has done for Crook County. Mm -hmm.
0: So, I want to just ask a question here. um, And I think this is very important. um, And I want to first share that that was the former school board chair um, from when the board majority was a sane majority focused on quality public education. And so there's there's the cost of these elections of losing school board members who are invested in public education and actually have collegial relationships with the superintendent and their team. And I can't underscore having been a school board member in a very similar position, having a a team at the district office between the board and the actual administrators that functions well and works well together, particularly in a crisis, um, and the pandemic was certainly a crisis, um, but also just day to day really does make the school district operate better because the staff can trust that the board and the administrators are going to think about the best interests of all stakeholders involved. And they're not having to worry about putting out fires on a week by week and day to day basis, which a lot of these culture war boards you know, end up bringing to the school districts. But we often get asked by communities where, you know, Moms for Liberty and Friends, in your case, the mama bears, you know, have not yet emerged, invaded, landed. Um, I'm not quite sure what to call their emergence since it's simply a chaos uh, when it actually appears. But what are the warning signs that should set off alarm bells and jumpstart, you know, a plan to protect school board incumbents and support public education candidates like, what are some things that you now, looking back, saw happening that might have been indicative that your board was going to flip?
2: Yeah, so I think definitely, you know, prior to this year, I paid little attention to our school boards. And I think that some of the red flags that went off for me is that I just started seeing these big, huge mama bear signs all over our community, um, which I thought was weird because you know, school board elections usually are pretty mild. Um, So then I noticed they were stating things in their campaign about how CRT is in our schools and we need parental rights and denouncing um, SEL. And I, I was definitely worried. So I think, you know, for those communities that don't think that it can happen, there. It can. Um, And you need to pay attention, I think, if you have um, candidates that are using scare tactics to um, win elections, or they are bashing the incumbents, usually that's a clear sign that that things are not going well and you probably don't want these people on your school boards. So I think you need to start educating early on um, your community members. And I think social media is a great way to do that. But also just having conversations with your neighbors and, you know, even your grandparents about accurate um fact-based information that actually pertains to your school district. Um and then you know, holding holding people accountable to their to their lies frankly, cuz that's what they are. <laughs> Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, Well, I want to thank you for joining us and sharing your perspective. Um, You know, we're seeing this, you know, what is becoming now an epidemic and an exodus of, you know, very qualified administrators, staff, and teachers from public schools. Um, And and this round of it is really being pushed by the culture wars. It's being pushed Mm -hmm. by these far right boards and professionals simply feeling like, one, their expertise isn't valued. Um, But two, um, that, you know, every decision they make is going to be subject to some level of scrutiny that, frankly, um, for their day-to-day tasks, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense. And so, you know, I want to end with just really thinking about what is the cost of firing these superintendents or the cost of far-right boards creating conditions where superintendents, frankly don't want to work in your schools anymore. I mean, I think there are obviously financial impacts. Uh, Many superintendents have contracts with buyout clauses that guarantee their salary if they're terminated without cause. And the average salary for a superintendent in the United States is around $172,000. So let's say that in your community, your far right board gets elected and they just decide to terminate the superintendent, you'd be paying out the contract for the superintendent. So, you know, $172,000 plus you know, accrued vacation and sick leave, you might end up litigating the termination, which is going to cost money in lawyers and legal fees. Uh, But additionally, you have to hire and pay a new superintendent. And so you're really losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, no matter what way you look at it, you know, when these superintendents end up getting fired. Um, there's also the cost of search for new superintendents. So, if you push out a superintendent who simply decides to leave on their own, there's search costs and other costs that are involved. So, that's just the financial impacts. But the real loss is the experience. Um, the superintendents that we've seen fired um, or feel the need to separate from their districts across the country. Most of them are award-winning individuals who spent their lives dedicated to public education. And just so you understand the route to becoming a superintendent, you know, our, our listeners might not know, most of these people were classroom teachers at one point. They worked their way through the public education profession as school site administrators. So they were principals or other roles. They moved into the district office and worked in different capacities. And then they were selected by the school board at one point in time to be the superintendent. So these are people who have demonstrated a lifelong commitment to the profession of education. They are dedicated to students and um, sort of live and breathe public education. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, they're just not being respected in our current culture war school environment. Um, but a company wouldn't fire a successful CEO. A company wouldn't want to push out a successful CEO. So our listeners, you need to ask yourself, why would your school board threaten to actually fire or push out these superintendents? This has been Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. Once again, we are Christina Gagne, the former school board member. And Christy Hurst, a
1: former teacher and current public school parent. And always remember, don't get mad, get organized.